0: You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org.
1: Good morning, Redeemer family. I'm going to read you a poem called The Fruit of the Spirit Is. The fruit of the spirit is gentleness. I learned gentleness from a giant of a man whose reach reached full round the world and deep into my wounds, offering a strength and a healing that was light as a whisper and heavy as a salve. That gave off an aroma which took me back to my mother's arms, her safe smell and the music of her song, rocking me gently and teaching me more about strength than any wannabe giant of any size. He gave me a giant's confidence to hold tight to him while holding all else in an open hand, not grabbing nor forcing, but holding out for him and his gentleness. That I find invites more than it commands.
0: Thank you so much, Nathaniel, and to Steve for your wonderful creativity. So appreciate that. And we find all of this in the Bible in Galatians 5. And so Kayla, who has been our faithful Bible reader, is going to be reading the passage to us. So thank you so much. Hey, church. Today we're reading from Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to 26. So I say, live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft... Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other.
2: Great, thanks Kayla. I love the fact that we're looking at Galatians 5. We've been looking at this now for eight weeks. And yet, let's be really frank, we live in a totally different time, don't we? We love watching films, (laughs) people love um, going on computer games, TV programs. All of these actually can be quite violent. We have values, I guess, in London where it's about creativity, drive, energy, flexibility, competition. I guess if we're really honest as well, just the whole society that we're living in here in England, there's over 700 murders in a year do you know between one christmas and the next almost two million people will suffer domestic violence in this country and yet then we pick up these bible verses we think about this word gentleness it can seem quite strange to us i guess it felt strange to them as well In fact, in Galatians 5 and verse 15, it says, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed. So we don't need to think, oh, our society is totally different now that we've got technology. I think that the value that Paul was writing was a challenge for them and is a challenge for us. So let's take some time this morning to look at the value of gentleness. William Barclay, he was a a commentator that wrote, he said, this is the most untranslatable word, (laughs) the word from the Greek to come into the English. In fact, he said, if I had to try and describe this, I would say it's like a wild animal that has been tamed. That is gentleness. Another book that I read, a commentary, said angry at the right time and never angry at the wrong time. That's the definition of gentleness. Christopher Wright, look, I've quoted him most weeks. I've told you that. Wrote a great book, Cultivate Fruit of the Spirit. So gentleness means being very aware that the other person is a human being with feelings too. I guess there are so many levels and nuances that you can think about gentleness. I guess I would like to approach it on two levels this morning. One, I think it's an action gentleness is an action a friend of mine just had a baby this week you know i mean he's a dad and he's big and he's strong and his baby's so small and sweet and tiny and fragile that dad will be gentle friend of mine is due to move next week and when i'm going to try and help carry some of their stuff i will be as gentle as i possibly can it is an action but i think it's also a posture a posture In a broken world, gentleness is refusing to show your strength instead to trust God, even if you have to suffer the consequences. What example could I think of this? I might think of um, Dr. Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement when they went down the peaceful road. Actually, what we're not going to do is become violent and hostile and aggressive But we're very gently going to say this is not right. And we're going to trust that God is going to bring about our cause. I don't believe that any of these values that Paul is writing here, he just, oh, God, shall I make a list? I think all these values are found in God. Yes. Now, look, the whole Bible, oh, it'd be great to flick through it and find out gentleness. And you might say, that's not really a word I think of when I think about God and the Old Testament. Actually, I think people in the Old Testament probably thought God was more gentle than we do. If you think about it, David, the king, the, the pinnacle, you could say David and Solomon of the kingdom in the Old Testament. When he described God, he, in Psalm 23, talked about you're a shepherd, yes. a shepherd who leads, who guides, who protects, who comforts, who anoints. Surely that's a picture of gentleness. Isaiah, Isaiah, the largest book of prophecy in the Old Testament, picks up that same image. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11, referring to God, he says, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. So it's almost like the greatest prophet, the greatest king was saying, Oh, no, actually God is gentle. Moses, could we say the greatest leader of the Old Testament brought the people out of captivity in Egypt, brought them, you know, in, didn't quite make the promised land. He handed that over to Joshua, didn't he? But when he describes God, he talks about a faithful, gentle God in Deuteronomy chapter one and verse 31, says this, in the wilderness, there you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son. There's this many pictures of gentleness. And in terms of it, I'd love to go through more and more of the Old Testament, but actually I feel the spirit that comes inside of us that produces this fruit, it almost reveals Jesus to us. Yes. And so if I had to say, Come on, who's the hero of the Bible? It's got to be Jesus. Now, many heroes that we have nowadays, they have other names attached to them, don't they? Alexander the Great. This was the great conqueror, wasn't it, that took on other lands. Richard the Lionheart. I was thinking about the Incredible Hulk. (laughs) Superman. Okay, I'm pushing it a little bit far now, but so often people take words and they put them next to some hero. I'm going to suggest this morning, That if Jesus had a title like that, it would be gentle Jesus. (laughs) Some of you would have grown up in a church where I'd have said God is good. You'd have shouted back all the time. I'd have said all the time. You'd have said God is good. And so you might have thought, hang on, Pete. If I'd have thought of Jesus, I'd have thought good. I'm going to suggest to you this morning that the word that the Bible would connect with Jesus would be gentleness. You see, if we open up someone and see their heart, we see what they really care about, what they're really concerned about. In Matthew chapter 11, we get this verse from Jesus. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am Gentle and humble in heart. You see, the only place where we get to hear about the heart of Jesus is he's described as gentle and humble. I might have thought it would be brave, adventurous, compassionate, determined. But the words used in the Bible are gentle and humble. I think we can see this Right throughout his life. Please bear with me on this. He, even at, right at the beginning of his life, he's tempted. In, in Matthew chapter 4, we know that Jesus has been baptized. It says the Spirit leads him out into the desert and he is tempted. And you know, will you suddenly bow down to the devil or will you turn these stones into bread? Philip Kennison, he wrote a book, Life on the Vine. In the end, Jesus turns his back on the audacious flashy, attention-getting and crowd-pleasing strategy that is offered to him in order to carry out his mission.
0: Yes.
2: Instead, he goes for gentleness and humility. When Jesus even announces, like the kingdom has come, if you know that he's in a synagogue and they they hand him the scroll to read and he, he undoes the scroll and he reads a bit from Isaiah and you can read about the story in Luke It says this, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. So I would say his kingdom mandate was one of gentleness. Oh, actually, what was the kingdom about when he said, I come to announce the kingdom? I've come to care for the poor, for the marginalised. For the overlooked. Jesus not only taught this. We know that he did it. In John chapter 4. We, we hear about all the disciples. I always find that a fascinating one. Have gone off to get food. And they've just left Jesus sat at the well. They're in an area that would have been very uncomfortable for a Jew. Samaria. Samaritan woman comes. It's a man chatting to a woman. Wouldn't have happened in that culture. It's a Jew chatting to a Samaritan. Wouldn't have happened in that culture. He asks her questions. He listens. He gently takes time. I would say that Jesus lived the life of gentleness. You think about it, the disciples didn't understand this. You can read this in Mark 10, this story. It's almost like the parents, and I totally get it. Weren't those kids great on the Lord's Prayer? I love it. I love the one laying down on the sofa saying the Lord's Prayer. just think it's brilliant. As parents, we love these kids, don't we? We want them to meet Jesus. But the disciples say, no, 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 back away. <laughs> Messiah is busy. Not for you guys. What does Jesus say? Hey, no, no, no. Let them come. Literally, you get this picture, don't you? He placed his hands upon them. He blessed them. He took time. Jesus was gentle.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think about the crowds. People were wandering, seeking help. Direction, needing guidance. It tells us in Matthew 9 that Jesus had compassion on them. He said they're like um, sheep without a shepherd. He was gentle. I think of when Jesus went into Jerusalem as a king. What kind of king is he going to be in those days? So often, you know, it wasn't Instagram. It wasn't YouTube. You weren't declaring your story out there. You declared it by your actions. The king rode a great, magnificent white horse into the city. I'm your king. Well, we know the story, don't we? About Jesus. You can read it in Matthew 21. It says, see, say to daughter, your daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, mm. on the colt. You see, in his arrest and his trial and his crucifixion, we discover a gentle Jesus. It tells us, doesn't he, that when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane and and, and suddenly these soldiers are there and Peter thinks, panic, draw the sword, let's lop somebody's ear off. But as Jesus say, look, I could have called a legion of angels. Yes but I didn't. That's true strength, isn't it? That's true gentleness. I have the power, but I'm trusting God. Yes. That was Jesus. You can read about that in Matthew 26. You then read, don't you, that he's accused. Pilate's having a go in him. Who do you think you are? He does not answer, but trusts God. Mm. Jesus remains silent, we read in Matthew 26, 63. We know that when he's being crucified upon the cross, literally he's nailed and his agony is no nice, polished wood, a rough, splintered beam, gasping for life. Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's gentleness. Mm. You can read that in Luke 23. We can read in John 19, that whilst he's still there on the cross, he spots his mother and says to the disciple, hey, look after mum, go live with him. That's gentleness. In fact, every story that I kept thinking about this week, I just thought, Jesus, you are so gentle. In the midst of the, the trial, we know that one of his nearest and dearest, Peter, Disowned him. Didn't just disown him once, not twice, three times. It wasn't, you know, some great court. One of them was in front of a servant girl. Not only that, Jesus had said to him, You disown me. And Peter said, No, no, surely not, Lord. <laughs> I'm with you all the way. But he did. When Jesus rose from the dead, you just get the description in John 21. Mary he has a quiet conversation with Peter. And what does he say? "Told you so! <laughs> Failed me, <laughs> Never trusting you again." No, it's gentle, Jesus." He says, "Do you love me? Feed my sheep." I think, "Wow, Jesus, you are so gentle." Mm. Brennan Manning in his book "Abba's Child." Said our identity rests in God's relentless tenderness for us, revealed in Jesus Christ. Listen to that one again. Our identity as a believer rests in God's relentless tenderness for us, revealed in Jesus Christ. Sometimes I sort of think, I know these services are so short, YouTube, (laughs) but you just sort of think, Wow, Jesus, you are so gentle to me. Well, if that's my identity, then surely this fruit should ripen in my life. In fact, the the more you think about it, I think, oh, wow. Gentleness, this is really key. Paul thought that as well. Paul, we know, had written this letter to the Galatians. But elsewhere, he's constantly saying, come on, guys, we are to be gentle. I don't know if you think that. You know, sometimes you might think, oh, Christian, I don't know. You've got to be Faithful, and then look, there's others there, but this week we need to just bear this. We're to be gentle. When Paul is writing to Timothy, Timothy was considered a younger man in the faith, and he's trying to instruct him. He's writing in a letter to Timothy, chapter 2. Look, how can you be a good leader? He says this opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. Hey, if you're to be a good leader, Timothy, be gentle. In fact, he doesn't just say that to Timothy. He actually says it to the whole church. In Ephesians, which was another letter that Paul wrote in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, he says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another. We're called to be gentle. In fact, in the book of Galatians, he goes on. We're looking at chapter 5. But in chapter 6, he says, Look, if there's somebody in the church that messes up, They go off and they do something that's wrong. And you're the one that's to bring them back. It says, if someone is caught in sin, in chapter 6, verse 1, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Not proud, not arrogant, gently. In fact, it wasn't just Paul that thought like this. Peter thought like this. Obviously, Peter had experienced the gentleness and he wrote... To the church in one Peter three verse fifteen. Hey, look if if there's people out there and they're saying, come on, why do you believe? What is it all about? He says this: in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. This is one Peter three fifteen. Always be prepared to give an answer for anyone who asks you the reason, the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Look, as Christians, we are not to be arrogant and proud and got it all together. We are to be gentle. Max Licardo, American pastor, says this. I choose gentleness. Nothing is won by force. I choose to be gentle. If I raise my voice, may it be only in praise. If I clench my fist, may it only be in prayer. If I make a demand... May it only be of myself. I feel there's so many things here that I'd love us to to think about. But I just want to ask you two questions as I finish. Are you weary and burdened? Come to Jesus because he's gentle and humble. And number two, if we could see into your heart and mine, would people see gentleness? Because I believe that this is a fruit that takes time, but is to be growing in our lives as we're those full of the Spirit.